Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I am Erica Ezefetti. Today I'm going to be talking about space operas, but before we dive in, let's get into our sponsor. Is there anything better than curling up with a new book and a hot cup of tea? SipSpy makes discovering tea fun, personalized, and affordable. The SipSpy box is the only multi-brand personalized tea subscription box. Each month, SipSpy matches you with delicious teas from over 150 global tea brands, big and small, based on your unique preferences. Subscribe and you'll receive four new teas each month chosen just for you. Each SipSpy box includes loose teas, bag teas, or a mixture of both based on your preference. I took the personalization quiz and got sent four lovely teas, the Instant Massage Spice Chai, Tropical Punch Blend, the August Uncommon Low Country, which has a very interesting name, and an organic jasmine green tea. I've enjoyed them all, but the standouts to me were the Tropical Punch Blend, which I like to have iced with a bit of sweetener and a touch of lemon. I also like the Low Country Black Tea, which is a smoked black tea with barley malt flavoring, like a hint, slightest hint of bourbon. I treated this one kind of like an English breakfast tea by adding just a bit of milk. So gift cards and subscriptions are available for holiday gift giving and more at www.sipsby.com. That's www.sipsby.com. And now for a few space operas. So the live action for Cowboy Bebop got me thinking about space operas. Cowboy Bebop is definitely one of my favorite animes ever. It's timeless and has this like overall tone that I haven't seen in too many other animes. Trigun, I think, has a similar like overall vibe. There's this kind of like depressive quality, or maybe I should say sombering feel that Cowboy Bebop and other space operas have to me. They kind of feel lonely at times. And I'll chalk it up to, I'm going to chalk it up to the monotony of space. Like when the characters are not on a planet and they're just drifting through space or on their way to another planet, that in-between traveling time feels really lonely to me. But I I like that. Like, you know, stay with me. I, I feel like it kind of lends itself to like kind of miniature existential crises. And I find the exploration of that enticing. Like the idea of having time to be alone amongst the vastness of space kind of makes you reconsider your position within the world. Because when you're on your planet, whatever planet that may be, and seeing as we're dealing with science fiction and fantasy, there are many imagined planets. But anyway, when you're on your planet, life moves a certain way and things are valued and seen in a particular way. But when these characters go into space, I feel like all that falls away because suddenly you're just a speck amongst stars that have existed for so long and don't care about all those trifle little things you were doing on your measly little planet, right? Um, that may sound kind of like a downer, but again, I personally like exploring how we value things as human beings. And I like it when characters are given a chance to realize that so much of what we think is important is basically just a construct and just something that we were told is important. So uh, what I like about space operas, obviously, is that is that there are those moments of absolute solitude, I think. So in addition to these exploratory moments of solitude, I also like that space offers have this great sense of adventure to them. Like there's this whole vast universe to explore. And within that universe, there are all these planets and it just keeps branching out from there. So as you can see, there are many reasons why I find them intriguing. So with that said, let's get into a few. The first one I have for you is A Spark of White Fire by Sung Manthana. 
This was inspired by the Mahabharata. For those of you unfamiliar with that, the Mahabharata is a major Sanskrit epic from ancient India. It basically revolves around two branches of a family and in a spark of white fire, Esme, who is estranged from her family, grows up in a kingdom called Witchstar that is perched on a space station. So the king of this kingdom holds a competition in which a sentient warship called Titania will be won. And when Esme enters this competition, her incredible archery skills are revealed, as well as her true identity as a member of the royal family of Kali. The throne to the kingdom of Kali was usurped by her uncle years ago when it should have gone to her brother. So Esme plans to use a sentient warship to Tanya to help her brother reclaim his rightful place on the throne of Kali. Obviously, things don't go according to plan. Esme realizes the balancing act she has to undertake to still kind of be cool with her uncle Elvar, who is the one who usurped her brother. Um, and she also realizes who her, she has to realize who her real friends are, where she belongs and what everything means. So, you know, typical YA sci-fi and fantasy struggles. This is a fast paced read about loyalty, family, love, and belonging with a good dash of mercurial gods and dark moons. La la. This is the first in the Celestial Trilogy. Again, that is A Spark of White Fire by Sung Mantana. The next one I have for you is Victories Greater Than Death by Charlie Jane Anders. This is a first in another series. It follows Tina, who turns out as a teenage girl, but also the clone of a legendary hero. She's a clone of a famed alien hero who technically has purple skin naturally, but comes across as white in order to be disguised on Earth in case she has to rise to the occasion of defeating evil again. She's always waited for this kind of rescue beacon inside of her to go off and for that to basically trigger one group of aliens in the galaxy to claim her, like to kind of claim her as their own and for another group to try to kill her. So this is basically what she's been thinking is going to be the layout of her life. When the beacon finally does go off, stuff gets real, as they say, and things turn out to be way different than Tina thought they would be. For one, it's more dangerous than she thought it would be. But at least she has her best friend, Rachel, and the rest of her very diverse crew. When I say diverse, I mean in terms of race, gender, and even like species. So I think this is a good exploration on children and parents. I think some parents, you know, sometimes project their desires for what they want their children to be. And children sometimes accept those and kind of incorporate those ideas into their lives. But many times life has different things in store. And as a child that later becomes an adult, you have to figure things out for yourself. And the things your parents wanted, which may have been the things you thought you wanted, may not be what you actually want or need for yourself. So I kind of got that idea from this. It has a lot of other really intriguing ideas as well. There's great world building and an overall interesting fun plot that goes at a pretty good pace. Again, that is Victories Greater Than Death by Charlie Jane Anders. Next, I have Ignite the Stars by Mara Milan. There is a criminal mastermind and an unrivaled pilot named Ia Kocha, who everyone knows to fear throughout the universe. But no one knows that Ia is actually a 17-year-old girl. She spent her life basically getting revenge on the Olympus Commonwealth, which is responsible for the destruction of her home planet. She's achieved this by wreaking havoc in any way she can on their nation. One day, she has to reveal her identity, and the Commonwealth see this as a great opportunity. They've got this young anarchist who they can show they have control over. So it's basically a way to show that they have control over any ev- anyone and everyone, including 
this formidable criminal. So what they do is enroll her in their military academy, because that makes sense. They're going to teach her how to fight when she's been being so violent with them already. Of course, she's not here for that and immediately begins to plan an escape. She's also feared by her other classmates. So it makes sense that Bryn is beyond disappointed to learn that she is roommates with Ia, especially as she is trying to keep her own racial identity under wraps. And speaking of Trigun, there is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed character named Knives that also goes to the school that Ia comes into contact with. And for those of you who are fans of Trigun, he had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed brother named Knives. Race and social justice are major themes in this, with Ia being described as golden-skinned with black hair. Definitely check this out. Is a real page-turner. Again, that is Ignite the Stars by Mara Milan. Okay, lastly, I have Sky Without Stars by Jessica Brody and Joanne Rindle. So this is basically meant to be Les Miserables, but set in space. It is set on the planet La Terre, which is one of the 12 planets that were settled onto after the first world ended. Three strangers' lives become intertwined in this world that has its class system modeled after pre-revolutionary France. There is Chatine, the thief that is street savvy, Alouette, who lives underground and guards the last library on the planet, and Marcellus, an officer who is beginning to doubt the government he works for. Chatine comes to spy on Marcellus. Marcellus receives a cryptic message that only Alouette can decode. And finally, Alouette is driven to the surface after living underground for 12 years. um, And the driving force of her coming to the surface is a murder. So this is a kind of sprawling epic that, again, is is a kind of based on Les Mis. Some people disagree that it's like really a Les Mis comparison, but that's the general, you know, foundation of it. Again, it is Sky Without Stars by Jessica Brody and Joanne Rendell. So that's today's show. What did you think of today's selections? Have you read any? Are you going to read any? And what would you add to the list? Email us at heyya at gmail.com with any of your comments. You can also check out the show notes in case you missed any titles. Thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day's show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore E-Z-E underscore. That's E-R-I-C-A underscore E-Z-E underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor for making me sound like a normal person. Um, I was a little raggedy today. I really appreciate you. Uh, we'll see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by YA author and regular book riot contributor, Tears of Price, since Kelly did her last episode last week. So excited about that. We've already thought up some great ideas for future shows. So I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Until next week. Happy reading. Happy reading.